Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And we are here today to cover 50 first dates. Mm, We sure are. Which could also just be... The pitch for this podcast, that every (laughs) single week, it's our first date, and we are telling each other every story for the very first time. (laughs) We were just talking offline before we started recording, as we like to do, about how you and I basically just spend all day, every day, talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And this past week was probably the least we've talked in three years. I know. I hated it. I felt like I was at war. (laughs) Will she ever return home? (laughs) You were just staring out the window looking Yeah, you're my army boyfriend. It's not my sister anymore. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wow, personal growth. Do it for the plot. So cuties, if you have not been following along or if you didn't notice that we did a replay episode last week, I have been on my deathbed. Not really, (laughs) but Santa came down the chimney and instead of putting coal in my stocking, he gave me bronchitis and the flu. Jesus. It's a two for one special. And what's crazy is I thought I had bronchitis that past month. Remember? Chelsea might be the only one that knows or Patreon cuties because I would mute it and Chelsea does a wonderful job editing it out. But like I was hacking up a lung. I really thought it was bronchitis. So after a month, I was like, let me go to the doctor. She gave me an inhaler, which inhalers are just to help you breathe. But they're so coded as like nerds, Urkel, all that stuff. So like it's not any Anything I've ever wanted in life but now that I have one only for a month it is yeah. so cool to me like it feels like a prop <laughs> actually you should start using it as a prop like if I say something that really shocks you just like deadpan taking a hit from your inhaler oh we'll definitely need it next week but <laughs> we haven't hung out in person so when I finished it then you got I it I know and I feel like this happened last time too uh-huh. like I really do think it's that weird E.T. Elliot connection we are twins. Lindsay Lohan twins cutting off our arm in the bathtub. <laughs> and cuties ask and you shall receive. Stay tuned for what we're covering next week. Donnie finally fished his wish. 
<laughs> so we haven't even talked about our Christmases, mm. any chaos that happened. I know that I kind of left the cuties on a cliffhanger there with my daughter and the naughty list. <laughs> so everybody can take a deep breath. She did... Get coal. Get coal in her stocking. <laughs> I doubled down and I said, bitch, you better learn. No, it was down to the last minute. It was a buzzer beater, but she did make it on the nice list. And we <laughs> always do a brunch with my extended family. My brother came in town, all that. And Santa is there. So I knew that the girls would be meeting Santa, taking the picture, sitting on the lap, all the things. So... Before they went over to wait in line, I thought back to my days of like sneaking into bars or sneaking into (laughs) concerts, and I put those skills to good use. I walked by (laughs) Mr. Kris Kringle. I slipped him a nice 20, and I said, when my daughters come up, can you please tell them to stop opening presents? (gasps) And he was like, sure, Merry Christmas. So they got up there, they (laughs) sat on his lap, and he was great. He (laughs) sat there, he asked them what they wanted, asked them what's been going on, and then right as they were getting up, he takes their hands and he says, I need you to stop opening presents. (gasps) And the look on their faces, it was like they had seen a ghost. (laughs) And you know what? No presents were opened since. No morning chaos. We got through the holiday. I'm shocked that they even opened their real gifts on Christmas. That would scar me for life. They'd be like checking the windows, (laughs) which it is a very creepy concept that Santa's always watching. For sure. And I really want to terrorize. I think I'm going to send an elf on the shelf to your house next year to really terrorize. That will be the end of our friendship. (laughs) If you introduce the elf on the shelf into my home, do you think I need an elf on the shelf? Do you think I need that? I already have two elves on the shelf every night waking up and moving around the house to places they shouldn't be. (laughs) This movie came out February 13th, 2004. Mm. It was a Friday. The Way You Move by Outkast was the number one song on the Billboard charts. This movie was number one at the box office with Barbershop 2, Miracle, The Butterfly Effect, and You Got Served rounding out the top five. Ooh. And then after 65 episodes, Lizzie McGuire ended its run on the Disney Channel. Oh, poor thing. A little tie-in to Lizzie McGuire. If you want to go back and listen to our Lizzie McGuire episode, we covered the movie, not the TV show, with Jasmine from Big Brother. She may have hated us, but she played along nicely. I don't know if she hated us. I think she had a little... Post-traumatic stress. Yeah. The Big Brother house was fine. The straw that broke the camel's back was recording with the two of us for an hour and a half. Well, imagine being on a reality show and then all these podcasts want you when you're done to talk about like, what can you talk about that's not on the NDA? What was it like being in the Big Brother house? And we were like, tell us your thoughts on Lizzie McGuire's outfit. Well, this isn't a Big Brother podcast. We are here to talk about the Adam Sandler film, 50 First Dates. Can we talk about Adam Sandler? I'd love to. What's your relationship with the Sandman? I enjoy his movies. All of them? Well, no. Here's the thing. Okay. I actively stayed away from his bad movies, like Jack and Jill, those uh-huh. ones. Like, you can tell just from previews which ones are going to be like, you're better than this. Yeah. And then I've never watched any of his good movies either, like the ones where he got like Oscar buzz mm-hmm. or where he's dramatic, whatever. So it's all this like middle ground of like this and... The Wedding Singer and Click. Click? Click fucked me up. Click ruined my life. But it's a good movie. It's a good movie, but it's not a funny movie. I'm not putting that in the same category as this. You know how I am about movies. Exhibit A, this entire podcast. I went into Click blind thinking I was going to get like a happy Gilmore. 
I left having a fucking existential crisis about mindfulness and being present in my life and enjoying the small things. That movie to this day, that movie and circling back, circles become circles, the butterfly effect Mm. and black swan fucked my (laughs) black swan, black swan. I will (laughs) never watch again. Well, March is coming, but that's okay. Black Swan is one of my favorite movies of all time. You really Kelsey. want me to have like a psychotic break during Brown Appreciation Month <laughs> this year. You're like musicals and psychological thrillers. Let's go. Okay, back to Adam Sandler. So you like the movies that you've seen of Adam Sandler. Yes, but with that said, I know to stay away from his like really good ones and his really bad ones. This middle ground, I like everything. It was crazy to look at his IMDb. He did so many movies in like a five-year span. It was like Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, The Wedding Singer, Little Nicky, Billy Madison, Big Daddy. Like he was just churning out those movies with him talking in a baby voice. Now with that said, I did stay away from half of those movies. Mm. I just know what I like and what I don't like. Yeah. I'm self-aware. I feel like I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry in 2007 was like the turning point. Mm. He is having a comeback though because Gen Z in general is just fucking obsessed with him. Why? You don't know about this? No. They're all obsessed with like his fashion Like, you know how back in the day for high school, for like spirit week, we would have school spirit day and then twin twin day. day. Gen Z high schoolers, they have an Adam Sandler day. What? In a lot of high schools where they wear like sweatpants and Hawaiian shirts and like dress like Adam Sandler. They're obsessed with That is insane. I mean, he's my fashion icon too. I resemble Adam Sandler's wardrobe every day. The bus pickup That's line. why I made you Adam Sandler in the promo post. Oh, yeah. And me, Drew Barrymore, which you just fully ignored, by the way. But that's okay. I was having a day, okay? <laughs> I thought you were offended that I made you Adam Sandler. No, I'm honored. <laughs> and in this, it really works. But I do want you to know, for most movies, I will be the girl and you'll be the boy. And that's just an unspoken Donnie, rule. Donnie, we've been doing this podcast for almost three years now. <laughs> I'm aware. I don't think I've ever been the girl in a promo. Now I need to go back and prove you wrong, because that's my favorite thing to do, is prove people wrong. I mean, you made me Santa Claus once. Oh, wait, no, that's still a boy. <laughs> and I was the sexy elf on your lap. Yeah, I remember. When one day, Ask, Believe, Receive, we do uh-huh. like a real photo shoot. I want us to do the back-to-back Richard Gere, Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman, but you're Pretty Woman and I'm in a suit. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. That will be like the promo for our live show. Okay, great. Which cuties, can you leave us a five-star review and say like, I would go to a live show? Because it's (laughs) the start of January, manifesting wishes. I feel like this year could be the year. But I need to confirm that people will be in the audience because I don't think psychologically I could handle an empty auditorium situation. No, I would do things on that stage if I was in an empty auditorium that would lead us to not having a show anymore. I don't want to know specifics. (laughs) I'm going to keep it moving. So if today's episode makes you laugh or scream, or if you just want to let us know that you would be in attendance at a live show, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also shout out to all of the cuties who have been sliding into our DMs being like, hey, I introduced my coworker to the show. I told my sister-in-law about the show. Because I really feel like this is like a boots on the ground situation. Like person by person we are collecting chaotic cuties <laughs> from all over the world and like this shit's growing i'm excited cuties you're ruining lives on our behalf and we couldn't thank you more we tip our hats to you <laughs> so do you have any background info or trivia for us today yes 
It was written by George Wing, who also wrote Outsourced. I've never seen it, but that's his only credit. It was directed by Peter Seagal, who also directed Tommy Boy, Nutty Professor 2, Anger Management, and Second Act, starring Jennifer Lopez and Vanessa Hudgens. Okay. The budget <laughs> was $75 million to make, and it made $199 million worldwide. Four awards. Adam Sandler won the Kids and Teen Choice Awards for this movie, and he and Drew won Best Kiss for the MTV Movie Awards, and then the movie won Best Date Movie at the Teen Choice Awards. Wow. Yeah, we should have known that in Gen Z. These were the seeds. Roger Ebert, and I texted you yesterday and said I laughed out loud when I read his review. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars and said, the movie doesn't have the complexity and depth of Groundhog Day, but as entertainment, it's ingratiating and lovable. (laughs) Well, at least he brought in a different movie in a positive way this time. But apparently when I was reading like trivia about this, it says it is loosely based on that. Like that was the premise of this having to restart your day every day they were like well what if it was a neurological disorder and not magic what if we could make fun of tbis for an hour and a half (laughs) that's the solution Uh there's only two taglines for this movie the first one is the ultimate bachelor will face the ultimate challenge kill (laughs) okay and then the second one you're marrying and fucking imagine having to win over the girl of your dreams every friggin' day you know what i'm fine with that because i think that trying to win over the girl of your dreams every freaking day is the recipe for a successful it's marriage, marriage and yeah. successful <laughs> orgasms in the bedroom so oh wow i'm feeling good about that <laughs> good i love when i startle you like me saying <laughs> orgasm you just clutched your pearls like you didn't talk about sticking a butt plug up your ass and shitting all over the floor last episode <laughs> Well, that's life. The movie was originally titled 51st Kisses, but the studio was afraid people would get confused with Never Been Kissed. So they were like, change this. 51st Dates just has a better ring to it. Agree. And you could hear with me talking about it, that lisp all over the place. Imagine me trying to get tickets. Can I get two tickets to 51st Kisses? They wouldn't understand what I'm saying. Maybe they were inspired by Doug's character. (laughs) They were looking out. Uh, I've never felt so seen as him. In this movie. (laughs) So what character, if any, in this fine film do you identify as? I know I just said I've never felt so seen as Doug in his crop tops and lisp, but I think I'm Rob Schneider because... (laughs) Oh, oh no. Oh, no. I am a white man who falls into problematic accent work. I'm a pervert. I have a knack for theatrics and wigs, and my eyes are my most noticeable feature. Okay. Well, that is a choice, much like Rob <laughs> Schneider makes on a daily basis on Twitter. So, you know what? If the shoe fits, I feel like I am Lucy's dad mm. because when I care about people, I will go to the ends of the earth to make sure that they're taken care of. Right. But sometimes my plans seem good in theory and it might take an outside perspective to be like what's the long-term goal That's here fair. what are we doing you know <laughs> so now i'm going to kick it to another cutie for our one minute synopsis just a reminder you can always email i am the cute one podcast at gmail.com with your audio recording for future episodes if you would like to be featured and don't worry about making it perfect as long as it doesn't sound like you are recording from inside a baked potato just do the best you can and 
be funny. <clears throat> Take it away, cutie. Hi, guys. It's me, Drew Barrymore. And when my friends Chelsea and Donnie asked me to do a one-minute celebrity synopsis for I'm the Cute One, a nostalgia podcast, I couldn't wait. In this movie, there's a girl, played by me, <laughs> who loses her memory every night when she goes to sleep. So then, a man decides to use this as a perfect opportunity to manipulate her into falling in love. They eventually have sex, and then she gets pregnant, where he puts her on the boat in the middle of the sea so she cannot escape. Hope you enjoy the film! So our movie opens with women everywhere and, weirdly, king of our hearts, Kevin uh, James, talking him. about... I just found... I I know. We're, <laughs> we're a half hour into this recording. Sure. You've said half of a sentence about the movie. Uh-huh. But Quinn just told me Kevin James' real name. Because if you don't know, my husband is traveling the world with Kevin James Thornton on a stand-up tour. So go see him. But because of that, he knows some our Kevin James trivia. And he told me that Kevin... Kevin James' real name is Kevin George Nesbitt. <laughs> but <laughs> Hollywood was like, okay, babe, you're going to go nowhere with that name. Let's pick a new one. So Kevin James is what we got. I think he made the right choice. <laughs> I think so, too. Wow. Uh-huh. Kevin Nesbitt. Okay. Kevin George Nesbitt. But is it like Sarah Michelle Gellar? Like if he didn't have a stage name, would he go by Kevin George oh. Nesbitt or would it just be Kevin Nesbitt? I think George gives it a little something special. <laughs> yeah, like a soap opera. Uh-huh. Okay, well, let me try yeah. this first sentence of our recap again. <laughs> our movie opens with women everywhere and king of our hearts, Kevin George Nesbitt, talking about the best week of their life, spent scuba diving, snorkeling, slow dancing in the rain, and being pounded like a mallard duck <clears throat> by a strange mystery man in Hawaii. They will never forget their week with Henry Roth. <clears throat> this fuckboy's MO is whining and dining women and then ditching them when their vacation is over. Which, it's a weird move to give these people your first and last name. He's like, nope, can't give you my phone number. I'm going to ghost you. But here is my literal government name. Agreed. This was 2004. The internet did exist. And maybe I'm just more sex positive than most. I don't know. But I feel like... He doesn't even need to lie about his job or say he's whatever, a secret agent, all that kind of stuff. He can just say, you're on vacation. Let's make the best of it for this week. And then that's it. (laughs) We'll see where the wind blows, babe. Yeah, there's something deeply wrong with him, I think. (laughs) For him to basically need to, like, cosplay a whole different human being in order to come. Yeah, he needs to be in that neurological facility that (laughs) Drew Barrymore said. Yeah, buckle up. A lot of brain injury jokes to come. (laughs) Before we move on, I do want to talk about that Kevin George Nesbitt cameo. Uh Adam Sandler is this Casanova who has one night stands with all these women. And then we just occasionally, and I know it's just a little like homophobic laugh at maybe a gay relationship joke. Uh But for at least one week, Adam Sandler and Kevin James were fucking on this island. And then we never talk about it again. Is Adam Sandler bisexual? Who knows? I don't know what we're supposed to take away from this. All I know is we should have gotten a sequel about this week, and I've never seen it. Well, I think you have. It's called I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. No, but they pretend to be gay in that to get, like, gifts or whatever the plot is. I want to see Adam Sandler and Kevin James boning. In fact, let me scroll down to my outline now and make that the sequel. Well, you know, (laughs) shoot for the moon, and even if you miss, you'll land on the You'll come on Kevin James back. (laughs) Okay. Um... Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. 
There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. One more thing. This is not exactly ghosting what he's doing. He's just full on lying to these people. But mm-hmm. it's close enough where I can segue into this conversation I want to have about ghosting. Because this week on gay Twitter, there was major discourse about ghosting. And I want to know your opinion. You know, I didn't see it because I only <laughs> follow you on Twitter. So my feed is literally just the <laughs> diaries of a madman. It's just all of your tweets in sequential order. It really looks like a manifesto. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. And Twitter, I really do say whatever comes to mind and a lot of it. So it'll be like chunks of me talking about Big Brother, then chunks of me talking about Salt Lake City, and then me talking about my diarrhea, then me talking about being horny. Like it really is all over the place. Which is hard to believe given the structure of this (laughs) podcast. What was gay Twitter saying? So this gay boy that lives with a straight girl, and he said they're not friends, they're just roommates, whatever. So he came home to his apartment, and she was having like a movie night or game night, whatever. And in that group of friends was a boy that he had been talking to on Grindr back and forth, and then the boy ghosted him. So he said in front of the group and friends, like, no, this is not okay. You're not welcome in my house. You have to leave. And the guy that ghosted him got up and left. And half of Twitter thinks like, that's disrespectful. Your roommate pays half the rent. She's allowed to have who she wants in the house, etc., etc. And then the other half had him backed up and was like, no, babe, this is your safe space. You needed to claim it. You did the right thing. What do you think? Wow. This is a real Sophie's choice, if you will. <laughs> I think it depends on the level that they got to. I think it was all virtual. Like, they were just talking. That seems a lot. Yeah. Especially, like, I'm assuming this guy was in her group of friends if he's there for a movie night. Right. So if it were me, I think I would have made a snarky comment that maybe made the guy feel uncomfortable or, like, made his friends be like, oh, you dick. But, mm-hmm. like, I almost feel like it takes your power away to kick him out of your house because then you're letting him know how much he affected you. Agreed. And let's say this is me and you and we live together, a very will and grace situation. If Mm -hmm. I came home and that happened and I was planning on inserting myself into the movie night and then I was like, no, this guy can't be here, leave. I can kind of understand that. But you weren't going to hang out with these people anyway. So who cares? Like go in your room, jerk off and watch Cruel Intentions or whatever you're going to do for two hours and then come out yeah well I feel like probably this guy would have felt uncomfortable anyway realizing who the roommate was so if you just said one bitchy comment of like oh wow you're not dead good to see you and walked (laughs) into your room he probably at some point would have been like I'm gonna go I didn't realize who your roommate is agreed Henry might cosplay as a secret service agent to ghost women but in real life he's a veterinarian with a walrus for a best friend (laughs) one of the stepsisters from Shrek as his assistant and Of course, it wouldn't be an Adam Sandler movie without a problematic appearance from SNL's doomsday doofus himself, Rob Schneider. In this film, Rob plays a local with a glass eye, weed addiction, and questionable viewpoints, which is a real warning for things to come. (laughs) But which was more upsetting to you, Donnie, the accent work or the fact that they made the choice to give him one blue eye? Because we know how you feel about Huskies. (laughs) The accent work is more problematic. I asked which troubled you more. The accent work. Because (laughs) his 
eye is clearly supposed to be like a dead eye. Like it's not working, etc. So if it's a different color for that reason, fine. I understand. I'm not going to judge you for it. If it's a different color just because, Kate Bosworth, I'm speaking to you, then we have some issues. But like, you know, Kate didn't decide to have two colored eyes. You know that just like it's not somebody's choice to have a dead eye, it might not be a husky's choice to have a blue eye. (laughs) In either scenario, you understand that it's just how people look. Yeah, and that doesn't truly affect me. But like on Twitter, I'm just going to steer clear. (laughs) Because here's why. Oh, good. (laughs) Sure. A dead eye, if you put a colored contact on top of a dead eye, I still think you'll see like that it looks like a crystal ball underneath. (laughs) But Kate Bosworth's blue eye, you can just pop a green contact on top of that and nobody ever needs to know. A husky's blue eye, not Kate Bosworth. We'll leave her out of this. You suggest that husky owners should wake up and put a contact lens in their dog's eye to make your experience more enjoyable. Yeah, I think that's fair. Speaking of contacts, (laughs) yesterday's HelloFresh meal, use code CUTE165, had hot peppers in it. And then when I took my contacts out at night, it hurt so Bad. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You need to wash your hands more. I did repeatedly. So one <laughs> afternoon, Henry crashes his boat, which, okay, we are going like sentence by sentence, but I need to talk about this boat because I know that the B-plot storyline of this movie is that he's working on it so he can go on this research trip, but this is a real fixer-upper. Like in the beginning of this movie, it aesthetically could only be described as like adjacent to that pirate ship you used to jizz your pants on in Hershey Park. You know, like Mm -hmm. if he wasn't crashing it, it was going to just sink to the bottom of the ocean. Oh yeah, for sure. It's the one that Ariel swims through in the beginning of The Little Mermaid. Exactly. A shark just (laughs) needs to cut on through and terrorize flounder but anyway so he crashes that and ends up at a local diner and we meet our gal the og manic pixie dream girl and talk show terrorist herself drew barrymore aka lucy Mm. and sparks fly the two lovebirds bond over walruses having big old dicks and Mm. when henry learns that lucy loves the smell of fish he tells her My fingers are available for your sniffing pleasure anytime you need them. And then she fucking takes him up on it. These psychopaths were made for each other, but also this could literally be a segment of the Drew Barrymore show. (laughs) She probably wrote this scene. I did read in trivia that a lot of their not important stuff was improv. So I wonder if this whole meet cute was because that's the shit she would do in real life. Yeah, I've said it once. I'll say it a hundred more times. This is not meant in a negative way, but we really need to examine the Drew Barrymore show and recognize that it is the modern day Tyra Banks show. (laughs) And she is like three episodes away from being like, and this is my guest, Paula Abdul. Give me those fingers to sniff, girl. (laughs) As someone who has seen both of these talk shows live, I will say I do mean everything you just said in a derogatory way. End of story. End of story. Go back to our Garden State episode to hear Donnie give more details on his experience there. That really is such a talent of yours. I know. My jaw drops every time you can remember what episode we talked about something, but yet you cannot remember what we talked about 10 minutes ago. I have Lucy's problem. (laughs) 
cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. Okay, those fishy fingers must have worked, though, because Lucy asks Henry to meet her for breakfast tomorrow for a second date. And despite a happy dance in the parking lot, Henry has a full-on identity crisis. He can't be falling for a local. Desperate to forget his waffle-loving gal, he falls back into his old bag of tricks and goes out with a tax attorney tourist, Noreen, who downs fish bowls at a local bar and tells him she's feeling fucked up and frisky. But alas, Henry can't shake his thoughts about Lucy and trades a night of coitus for a confession instead. Noreen isn't drunk and neither is he because he's been feeding her non-alcoholic beverages all night. Cool. (laughs) Well, that's nice because then you know that she is in control. But I will say I took my cousin to karaoke recently and she's like... I don't know how old she is, like 26 or something, but she doesn't really drink. So because of that, she wanted to drink at karaoke, but no alcohol tastes good to her. She's still in that stage of her life Uh because she doesn't drink often. So I went to the bartender and I said, she doesn't drink really. Can you make her a mixed drink that doesn't taste alcoholy? She looked at the menu. Nothing speaks to her. Can you like whip something up? And she's like, yeah, sure. We did karaoke for like three hours. She was getting wasted. By the end, she was like screaming on the microphone. Then we went to pay the bill and all her drinks were $2. And I I asked the bartender, I said, what alcohol was in this? And she said, you told me she doesn't drink. <gasps> I said, oh, she wanted to drink, but yeah, 
she gave her no alcohol and my cousin was drunk by the end of that bless her heart 12 year old me has been there when me and my cousin in like middle school would go out to her mom's fridge in the garage and we would drink tonic water and get wasted my brother that's the same time period where my brother wanted to smoke weed so he went into our backyard and just like picked a bunch of like grass and leaves and smoked it and then threw up everywhere we were really ready to party we just didn't have access to so as planned Henry meets Lucy at the diner the next morning where he promptly greets her by telling her that his fingers are extra fishy today if she wants to take a whiff and understandably she calls him a pervert but Mm -hmm. here's the thing i was disturbed disgusted shocked appalled when this worked the first time on her i don't think it would require a traumatic brain injury for me to think this pickup line wasn't a good one i don't know i feel like it worked the first time but leave it in the past now you've already bonded we don't need to follow up like in my sleep i would have said oh my god i can't believe that worked (laughs) i touched her waffles i talked about walruses and i made her smell my fingers so then to go back and say like just in case you forgot i am a fucking weirdo this is what we did yesterday we wouldn't know anything about doubling down on the things we shouldn't say (laughs) certainly you one-eyed bit (laughs) (laughs) about a year ago we learn lucy was in a terrible car accident because her dad wasn't keeping his eyes on the fucking road and when the car hit a tree lucy suffered a brain injury and lost her short-term memory so i don't know how true this is imdb told me but in 2004 this neurological disorder was not real specifically resetting when she sleeps And then in 2015, two people came forward and they do have this thing. But when this movie was written, doctors were saying that like, no, this won't happen. In fact, sleep actually helps your brain. But again, it's an Adam Sandler movie. What do we expect? And I'm not (laughs) mad about the science behind her memory loss. I'm mad at the people at that fucking diner. Why wouldn't they have warned him before this? (laughs) When you see this man return and start to walk to Lucy's table i know they like try to stop him but that's like a you need to yank that man by the collar yeah and bring him in the back and be like listen this isn't what you think it is i agree every day for her is sunday october 13th each morning she wakes up she goes to the diner for waffles she celebrates her dad's birthday paints a mural and watches the vikings game with her dad and her brother doug i think he is so fucking hot (laughs) okay well that's weird because i've told you that my second daughter when she was born looked exactly like sean astin that's why i was awkward about telling you this but (laughs) to protect my innocence and not make people think i'm a pervert i only find doug attractive it's not a sean astin thing because then i googled like sean astin sexy and no pictures came up that did anything for me but doug those mesh tank tops the titty dance the fake tan Even the lisp. He sexified a lisp for me. Oh, I love that. And to protect your innocence further, my daughter did not look like Doug. She looked like (laughs) Sean Astin in Lord of the Rings. Mm, Okay. So two completely different characters. (laughs) She did not come out kissing those biceps and flexing her (laughs) glutes. And so after a formative viewing of The Sixth Sense and a titty dance that I guess titillates Donnie (laughs) from Doug, Lucy goes to sleep and her brain... Men in Blacks itself yet again. And as she slumbers, her dad and Doug set up for the next day. This is a two-man operation. They are refilling her shampoo bottle. They are dropping a new October 13th paper at their door. They are rewrapping birthday presents. And they are getting ready to do it all again. I love you. 
I love my husband. I love my family. I love my other friends. I don't love anyone enough to do all of this. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's also giving her a lot of credit about the amount of attention she pays to things. Like if I was in this situation, Mm. let me tell you, Donnie, you wouldn't have to do all of this. Would I notice the level of my shampoo bottle? No. (laughs) Like the seasons could change. I'd be like, huh, that's weird. Global warming. Like my brain can do a lot of filling in the blanks and mental gymnastics. Like, I don't think you would have to do any of this for me. (laughs) And watching The Sixth Sense every day, I would need to find ways to get out of it. Like, I know I would say, even though it's my birthday, I would say, Lucy, let's watch it tomorrow. I'm very tired. I was worn out by this birthday. Thank you. I'm going to bed. Or another day, I would, like, drop the VHS and step on it by accident. I'm not watching that movie every night. Oh, I would love it. I personally would watch The Sixth Sense every night until the end of time by choice. M. Night Shyamalan is an artist. Knights of the Round Table, rise up, assemble. But this is my thing. They spoil it. Uh They say it out loud. They say what the twist is. They say, and cuties, if you haven't watched it, now's your chance. Jump ahead 15 seconds. They say, oh my gosh, I can't believe Bruce Willis was a ghost all along. The Sixth Sense came out in 1999. This movie came out in 2004. Is five years enough time to, like, spoil this ending for the masses? Yes. Chelsea, yes! Because (laughs) to lose the opportunity to have that twist for the first time, I feel like you're really taking away one of life's greatest pleasures. First of all, get a life, not you, the people (laughs) I'm talking to. Even if you, for whatever reason, saw 50 First Dates before you saw The Sixth Sense, a movie that came out five years ago, you need to prioritize. But even if that was the case, The Sixth Sense is a good enough movie where you can watch it knowing the twist and it still be a good movie. Okay, so back to this movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So at first, Henry contemplates the morality of dating a brain-damaged broad, but he decides to move forward with (laughs) pursuing this damsel in distress. And at first, Lucy rejects his advances every single day. But then he brings out the big guns. He starts audibly weeping at the diner and pretending that he doesn't know how to read. And this is enough. Lucy can't help but swoop in and help him sound out the word, pancakes we later learn that lucy knows he's lying why would this be the thing that's like i can fix this guy let me talk to him yeah because you know right off the bat he's lying right like that is the first thing you know about this man is that he is a liar and manipulative it would work for me though no it would work (laughs) for me and that's why i'm saying what's wrong with us Uh like i'm like Uh oh look he's trying so hard that's why like love bombing I've had, Mm. I've talked about it. Previous boyfriends, love bombing was very much a thing. I am very susceptible to love bombing because of my delusions of grandeur because I'm just like, yeah, of course you love me. Me too. Of course you would create a scene in a diner to talk to me. (laughs) Who wouldn't? Uh, Idiots. That's hell. So Lucy's dad and brother warn Henry to stay away from the diner, which Henry, like any good con artist, takes as a loophole. He honors his word and does stay away from the cafe, but gets creative, finding ways to get Lucy's attention outside of the diner each day by arranging a series of I mean I don't think we would call them meat cutes more like meat traumas yeah it starts with pretend car trouble and then it escalates very quickly we've got animal sacrifices make-believe mugging scenarios and pretend (laughs) kidnapping when I was in high school my friend had that 101 Dalmatians van people who grew up in the DMV might be familiar with the term the sniper van from when we had to walk zigzag to the gas stations during the sniper attacks. Good times. What? You know the sniper 
Do you know the sniper? I don't think so. Okay, we're going to go on a really quick tangent. The sniper was this thing that happened in the DMV area where this guy and essentially this kid that he like groomed, they were going around shooting people with a sniper gun in various places. And it didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. Mm. We as kids had indoor recess because he would shoot people like at random, like at gas stations and rest stops and all this stuff. So we were told like, when you're walking to the bus, walk in a zigzag because it makes it harder to target. I wonder why millennials are so fucked up. This was just like my fifth grade experience. (laughs) It ended up that it was not like a big white van, but that's what the media thought it was. Mm. So whenever a big white van would go by, we were like literally like kids in the 50s doing duck and cover. Like we would be making jokes at the bus stop like, "Uh uh-oh, hope we're not the ones that get shot today. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It was so funny. Dr. Bald and I were talking about this and he didn't grow up in this area. And I was like, oh no, that's like a formative memory for me because it was like one or two years after 9-11 or before Mm. 9-11. Like there was like a good three-year period where I was really faced with my mortality as an elementary school student. So No, I did not know that. So my friend had a sniper van or 101 Dalmatians van if you're not from the DMV. Mm -hmm. And when we went out as a group, I think there were only like two seats in the car, the passenger seat and the driver's seat, and the rest was the back. So if it was like more than three people, you had to have someone in like the trunk part. I was always, I'm so polite. I always let people like walk ahead of me, take a good seat, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I let my friends take the seats and I was like, I'll sit in the back. So then I decided to make a show of it sometimes. So I would take my shoe off and then take my sock off and put my sock in my mouth like a gag. And when we got to red lights, I would pop up at the window and bang on it like I had been kidnapped. Honey. (laughs) Did anybody ever try to call the police? No, which is (laughs) in my head. I can't tell. Like, would someone have a gag if their hands were empty? No, this is probably just this idiot high schooler playing a prank on me. But at the same time, what if I was only able to get my things off at the red light and not my gag yet? And I thought doing this would get me help. It did it. Yikes. Well, (laughs) at least you know what won't work if that were to ever happen. That's true. You're right. Yeah. That is just very, very unhinged behavior, Donnie, <laughs> even from you. Speaking of unhinged behavior, what are your thoughts on these elaborate schemes for Henry to get Lucy's attention? Like, it's predatory, mm-hmm. certainly, but it's sort of sweet. Like, he really is putting in a lot of energy. He is, but for what reason? I think... It is because it's a chase right now. Like, he has all these skills as a Casanova to get, like, any woman he wants. He can lie to them, whatever. They're hooked until he cuts the line. He can even get a man if he wants, Kevin George Nesbitt. Mm -hmm. But now that there's this woman who won't be able to become obsessed with him because she resets every day and that's not enough time, I guess. I think that is what's making him so invested because he doesn't know if he loves her or not or has the chance to love her because he doesn't know anything about her. He had that one breakfast with Yeah, her. I guess it's a question of like, is this personal growth or is this just feeding his compulsion to be a serial killer? <laughs> like, is this just feeding <laughs> his compulsion to come up with elaborate lies to get women to like and that's where it verves off of being sweet for me. The schemes themselves, again, I don't mind love bombing. So if I found out someone was doing all this to get me, my panties would be down in a second. Okay. <laughs> 
Like, oh my God, you sacrificed the penguin for me? Come and get it. In a surprise to no one, Henry's weird psychological dating warfare is quickly discovered by Lucy's family. But in a twist, much like Bruce Willis being a ghost the whole time, they aren't mad about it because it turns out she only screeches her parents' wedding song, Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys, on the days that she meets him. Do you know your parents' wedding song? I don't know their wedding song. I would consider their song to be Steal My Kisses by Ben Harper. That's a song whenever it comes on, the two of them like stop whatever they're doing and will like dance and sing to it, <gasps> which is really sweet. Okay, so I was going to talk shit about my parents because that's what they do. No matter really? where they are. Yeah, my parents' wedding song is Can't Help Falling in Love with You by Elvis. So every Sunday on some radio station in the Philadelphia area, they have like Elvis Sunday. And that song inevitably is played every Sunday and they stop what they're doing and dance in the living room. Fine, cute. But then they also do it at like other people's weddings. They do it if it's like playing in a hotel lobby. Like literally whenever they hear that song, they stop what they're doing and slow dance. Okay, I feel like this is a situation because it's your parents you're cringing, but that's, as an outsider, very sweet. In, like, hotel lobbies, Chelsea. Maybe not a hotel lobby. And my parents wouldn't, well, I don't know if Ben Harper's Steal My Kisses would be blaring <laughs> at a Marriott, but they do it more, like, at a music festival or at a bar mm. or, like, you know, if it's on at a cookout. And they won't dance for the whole thing. It's more like they'll acknowledge it and kind of, like, you know, do a little white person shimmy shake right, to right, each right. other and, like, keep it moving. But as long as they're not, like, taking a microphone at a wedding and being like, this is our <laughs> wedding song, like, I think that's sweet of, like, an acknowledgement of their love. But, yeah, the hotel lobby might be a bridge too <laughs> Well, far. that's the Hatfields for you. If there's a bridge too far, they're traveling down on it. Then they're burning it. <laughs> but not all days for Lucy are rainbows and Waffle Houses. Oh, Waffle House is a restaurant. I didn't even... <laughs> In my outline, I thought I was being so creative. I'm like, oh, these words go together so nicely. Uh, Waffle House. You'll get your ass kicked if you <laughs> yeah, go to one. You're going to get a chair hulked at you. <laughs> Not all days are rainbows and Waffle Houses. A fine establishment. And every so often, Lucy figures out that her entire life is a lie. So when she gets a ticket on her car and discovers that it's not October after all, she understandably loses her shit. And Lucy's dad shows her a scrapbook full of pictures, memories, and get well cards and takes her to the doctor to hear the diagnosis for herself. <laughs> Which, really quick, this doctor is Dan Aykroyd though, right? Yes, this is Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Just wanted to make sure, like, I found my North Star somehow. And please make sure this is in the main feed so that all the DMs I receive calling you an idiot about Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Please let them know that you do know Dan Aykroyd when he's in your presence. You just also know him when he's not. <laughs> he's always on my mind. <laughs> Watching Lucy process the news leads Henry to wonder if there's a better way than just tricking her day after day. So the next day, he shows up with lilies and a videotape, one that tells Lucy about the accident, has a weird reenactment of the first time he and Lucy met at the diner, and updates her on current events of the past year. If you had a TBI, <laughs> what pop culture event from this past year would you like need to know about? Not Scandaval. In fact, if there were people in this world that loved me, they would use my TBI to gaslight me into thinking Vanderpump Rules doesn't even exist. But <laughs> to answer your question, Ariana Grande and SpongeBob, for sure. Oh, that's really important to you. It, it is. I also would want a bootleg of Leah Michelle in Funny Girl on Broadway. Okay. <laughs> for me, 
the little shriveled up dehydrated alien body that nobody cared when Mm -hmm. it came out and well i shouldn't say that nobody else cared about when it came out (laughs) you know if you listen to past episodes if you go back to our spice girls episode with hannah brown i talk about the alien party i threw in college when i legitimately thought aliens were coming to this planet i would get to meet one i have been waiting for confirmation of alien existence so i would need to know that that would need to be like number one on the docket and my brother got married this past year that could be number two i want number one to be like look at this little shriveled up raisin that we think might be an alien that's a good one these two crazy kids fall in love henry tells lucy he loves her and they share a first kiss and then another first kiss and then another and another and another and After blue balls and a song on the ukulele, Henry asks Lucy to marry him and takes her to Pound Town as creepy-ass Rob Schneider watches. (laughs) But also me. Why does Adam Sandler always sing? I'm sick of it. (laughs) He's like the Mandy Moore of men, except Mandy Moore can sing. But there is no reason for her to sing in every project she's in. But because I enjoy her singing voice... I allow it. But Adam Sandler, I don't enjoy his singing voice. So that's why I'm not allowing it anymore. I think it's because that was like his SNL shtick. But why? He couldn't sing then either, Chelsea. But on SNL, it didn't have to do with him being good at singing. The Hanukkah song is funny and clever and all of that. So then it just became something he did. My issue is the baby voice. When he sings. In general. Like, I feel like that Waterboy voice Uh that he used to do and he used to do it like the canteen boy on snl too i feel like it's a situation where he did that character so much that it somehow like became part of his real voice Mm. it is bothersome to me it's disgusting baby voice isn't cute no matter what but then when a man does that it's even grosser like paris hilton doing it is one thing Adam Sandler doing it makes my butthole shrivel. (laughs) Not in a good way. (laughs) No, luckily, Doug is there to unshrivel it. (laughs) So things are going great. But then Lucy, despite her lack of short-term memory, she's the only one who questions the long-term plan here. And she's like, hey, I don't think I can just wake up mega pregnant one day. Like, I don't think this is a sustainable life for either of us. So together, they erase all memory of Henry from her journals, the VHS tape, and share one last first kiss (laughs) so henry sets off for his research adventure but as he sobs along to the beach boys cd lucy's dad gave him as a parting gift he realizes that the fact that lucy only sings on the days that she meets him means that she must be forming new memories so he turns that ship around rushes to the memory institute where lucy is now teaching art classes and is like hey do you remember me unfortunately she does not (laughs) But she has been painting him, and she dreams about him every night. I have two things to say. First, we'll focus on this. Imagine that you have no memory of this man, and yet you are urged, your spirit moves you to draw Adam Sandler. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like once I drew it, I think I would scream. It's the start of a horror movie. That (laughs) painting's going to come to life and start singing in a baby voice to you. I want to be old with you. (laughs) Enough. (laughs) That CD that Lucy's dad gave him, this is back to my dad not being able to just sit and listen to a fucking song. Uh You don't need to dance in a hotel lobby. And I don't even know where to start the story. So growing up, every four years, my family went to South Carolina for vacation. Mm -hmm. And to make it 
fair of whose music we would listen to on this 15-hour trip, I would make a beach mix CD. So it was like 30 hours of music, 15 hours there, 15 hours back, and I would request 100 songs from each family member and then put them in order. So like a song for my dad, a song for my mom, me, my sister, my other sister, repeat, repeat, repeat for 30 hours worth. So this way, like, if you don't like these four songs, you know you will have one of your own coming up. Mm -hmm. Great. But that was 30 hours of music that my dad then only liked one fifth percent of whatever that is. So he was unable to just drive and listen to four people's music that he didn't really love. Instead, he needed to make himself have a moment. So he would like change the words to everything. California by Phantom Planet became Carolina since that's where we were going to. Best of Both Worlds by Hannah Montana. He would sing Best of Goat Worlds. Like shit that doesn't even make sense. He just changed the word. <laughs> no, it's not. He just changed the words to change the words. So all of that to say, when this movie came out, and this song was on the beach mix my father decided anytime this song played he would find it necessary to scream you sick bastard you son of a bitch like adam sandler and then he ran into a tree and made you lose your memory (laughs) please and don't make me vhs tape i want to forget i'm related to these people because (laughs) to this day he still does that i think your dad that was an appropriate coping strategy (laughs) even if one fifth of the songs i was going to be listening to came from your playlist i would have just ran my car right into a tree like Lucy's dad (laughs) and hoped for the best, hoped that I was the one that took the TBI for the team. And what's crazy is my dad always would yell at me. I wasn't allowed to use Napster. I wasn't allowed to use LimeWire. So for these, he never asked questions. Mm, He just like... Turned a blind eye. Yeah. But then when Napster and LimeWire stopped existing... He was like, can you make a new beach mix for when we go to South Carolina this year? I'm like, I can't. There's no way to download it unless everyone's going to pay me $100 to download their songs. He's like, you've been using it this whole time? Like, you know I've been using it this whole time. Dumb. Haven't you noticed that our PC heats up to 300 degrees every time you're on it? He always blamed it on me watching porn. Always. Don, you need to stop watching porn on the family computer. Were you watching porn on the family computer, Donnie? Yeah, but I also was... (laughs) downloading music so our movie ends with lucy waking up and watching that trusty vhs tape updating her on her new life she got married she has a daughter and she's living on a boat which Mm. thank god she only has to do one day on a boat Mm -hmm. fuck that and the daughter that's all she knows this is her life which god bless her she's gonna be a real weirdo but the father he just signs up to this to help out with the kid and stuff i would not again i don't love anybody this much (laughs) that was a small boat but they're happy and good for them. <laughs> I'm about to talk a lot of shit in the ages well and blockbuster oh, yeah. section. It's an Adam Sandler movie. None of it aged well. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Me too. So final thoughts. Who would you cast in a remake or what would the plot of a sequel be? So the sequel, I need a miniseries about that week when Kevin James and Adam Sandler are fucking. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I was going to say this movie would work really well as a drama. And I want Rachel McAdams in it. But then... As I typed it, I realized that kind of already exists, and that's what The Vow is. So maybe I'll just watch that instead. Yeah, I don't think this movie needs to be remade. No. Certainly not the pieces we're about to talk about. But if it was, I do think it could be a psychological thriller that would traumatize me, where mm-hmm. I want to see what is it like waking up before you can get your eyes on that VHS tape. When you're nine months pregnant and you wake up and you feel like an elephant is being grown in your uterus, 
I want to see that. How are they going to get her the information in time before she has a total freak out, goes outside and realizes she's in the middle of the Arctic Ocean? What if the VHS player breaks, Chelsea? What if she wakes up pregnant and there's no explanation and she goes there and it's just a man and her on a boat? Terrified. So final, final thoughts. What about this movie if anything, aged well, and what age like Blockbuster? I'm going to do Blockbuster first, and then anything we don't mention can be just assumed that is in the aged well. Mm -hmm. So things that could be like fixed if they tried to remake this, there's homophobia, transphobia, and fatphobia for no reason. Over and over and over again. Yeah, thrown in as punchlines that don't go anywhere. (laughs) Whiplash. Like his assistant didn't Uh, even need to be a character. All of her lines could have been, if we're just going to pick one problematic character, just give it to Rob Schneider. Yeah. Speaking of Rob Schneider, he's another one. Uh Making a white man play a local Hawaiian person was unnecessary. If there's not a spot for your friend in the movie, maybe they can sit this one out. Or create a different character. He got that tan man in at the memory care place. Like, Adam Sandler will find a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. And Mm -hmm. all of his posse of sycophants, they'll find a way in. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then those are the things that could be fixed. Mm -hmm. This would be harder to fix because it is the whole plot. I think because they made up a TBI at the time, they weren't tied into treating it with any kind of respect. So it was like all over the place. The other patients at the facility were treated all over the place. I think if they were trying to be factual in some sort of way, it would be less problematic. Yeah. I also think given the new research and understanding about TBIs, specifically how it's impacting, oh, I don't know, like NFL players. It wasn't funny to begin with, but now certainly knowing some of the implications of, you know, real life ramifications for TBI. It's a troubling premise, but it was (laughs) 2004. The only other thing I will add for me for the blockbuster segment is... The other overall Mm. premise of this movie, which is like, harassing a woman is cute. And I think the movie tried to normalize it because she gave consent the first day. But if you give consent and then don't, then that's the answer. You don't. If you want to smell fishy fingers, good for you. But as soon as you don't want to, please remove your phalange from my nostril. (laughs) Thank you. Exactly. So if there's anything left, that's what aged well. But I don't don't think there is anything left. I guess Adam Sandler's... What are the kids saying? Riz? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So next week, Donnie has been watching Pretty Wild. He now understands the power of manifestation. He asked, he believed, and now he's receiving. We are covering I Know Who Killed Me. Chelsea, the amount of DMs I've received when I posted our January schedule saying, finally, 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 I want to make one of those like, Real Housewives promos where like bloop, 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 bloop of all the DMs saying it because people are thrilled. I'm still waiting for a DM saying somebody's excited for in time. (gasps) Someone messaged me saying they're excited about it. Oh, good. Okay. You can make the promo. (laughs) Finally, finally, finally. And then just mine. Finally. (laughs) So on that note, we will see you here next week. Spread the good word of the cuties. Tell a friend to listen and we will talk to you later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. 
And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Onochels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash one. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.